1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay,
2: so the time remaining here, if you'd open your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 2, verse 22 we're going to uh, look at this one verse in Exodus 2.22, which is going to open up for us where we're going this evening. Exodus 2.22, it's really a, a, a bit of a history here in terms of Moses where really we can start with um, with verse uh Twenty-one. Moses was content to dwell with the man that would be the priest of Midian there and his gate and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter and she bare him a son and he called his name Gershom for he said I have been a stranger in a strange land so this is the, the I mean we don't really this is about Moses And we don't know very much about the home life of Moses. For that matter, we don't know very much about the home life of many people in the scriptures. But here's a verse, this verse here, that tells us about one of the two sons that Moses had. He had another son named Eliezer. Now, it's interesting that when we look at the name that Moses chose to give his son. As a matter of fact, naming of the children, it's a great event for parents. You know, that's the time when parents have the opportunity to do something for their child and their child has no input at all uh, on the whole matter. And it's gonna last for their whole life that's really something. Well, this is one of the rare times here when they when 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 Moses uh, he named the child Gershom. So, you know, sometimes naming of a child I mean what, what what did you do? You have you have children. How did you name your children? Did you get a book you know, a baby name book or look online. And sometimes, and, and, and how do you choose your name? Do you, you, like, you like the name or something? Some people, you know, I have a friend he, and his name starts with a C. His wife starts with a C. So every one of their kids, all 10 of them, have, they start with the letter C, you know. So, all right, that's one criteria for naming a child. Some, some people, you know, name their baby after a certain person that they want their child to be like. That person, that was my case. I said, okay, I want my son to be like David. I want my son to be like Joseph. I want my son to be like Joshua. I didn't have any daughters, but that's a good thing because I wouldn't know what to name my daughter. But anyway, so some parents, they give a lot of thought to the names of the, what it's going to be, and others, not at all. I mean, does everybody know what their name means? Okay, everybody does, all right? And do you know why you were named that name? Oh, okay, one person does it. He's all right, good. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes one parent takes the lead in the naming and and names the baby with little input from the others. You know, this was the case, obviously, here with Moses, Moses' name. But, you know, it's, it's not always the husband. It's not always the father that names the children with no input from the wife. This was the case of the naming of the sons of Jacob who became the 12 tribes of Israel. It was the mothers, it was Leah and Rachel who named the 12 sons of Jacob who became the 12 tribes there. And the father, Jacob, had no input at all, except at the last one when he said, that's over the top, I can't take that. But anyway, as a matter of fact, you know, the situation there, maybe I'm sure you know this, in the case of the naming of the 12 tribes, I mean, these are the 12 tribes of Israel, I'll have you know. It's not just nobody. These are the, these are the the the, the Reuben, the Simeon, the the, the, the the Levi, and so forth and so on. And, and you know, these are very important characters. And so you say, you know, just like I asked you, do you know what your name means? Do you know what their name means? Do you know why you got that? Do you know why you got that? Do you know uh, Judah? Do you know why you got Levi? Do you know? So the fact of the matter was that Leah and Rachel hated each other, and they were at war with each other, and for the most part, the names they gave to their sons were an expression of their hatred that they had toward the other one. For example, Leah, who had the first son, she named her son Reuben, which means behold the son, as if to say to Rachel, ha, look at that, I produced a son, you got nothing. And Leah, she, she had Levi, Levi, and that means joined as if to say to her sister, you've stolen the heart of my husband, but with this son, at last my husband's going to be joined to me. And so she names him joined. And since Rachel was barren, she gave her maid Bilhah to have a baby with Jacob. Such a wonderful family life here, you know. Anyway, and she named the child Dan which means judge, as if to say, now God is going to judge you, so get ready to get crushed. And so he has this name, Dan, for all of his life. And Leah thinks, Leah says, oh yeah? Since you gave your maid to Jacob to have children, I'll give my maid to him to have children, Zilpah. And she did that, and Leah named Zilpah's baby, Gad, which means troop, as if to say to her sister, Rachel, watch out, this is just the beginning of a troop that's gonna trample you, and your son's to the ground. But all of his life, he's got the name Gad, he's got the name Truth. And then, then Rachel gets another son, and she names it Naphtali, Naphtali, which means wrestling. And she said, all my life, I've wrestled with my sister. And this kid's got the name uh, wrestling all for his life. And if they had any more sons, you can only imagine what Leah and Rachel were likely to name them. And maybe they would have named them like "Take that, you no good sister," or "You know, here this is a, you'll be called shoved away because I'm shoving her away." These are these are the names that Rachel and Leah chose as they reflected their lives. And what was going on with them? And just think of that little those kids. You know, they they grew up, and then somebody says, "What's your name?" You know, know, wrestling. Why wrestling? Why do you got a name like wrestling? Don't ask. So, but but the point is is that uh, what we just have done now is kind of digged a little bit deeper into the meaning of some of the most important people in the Bible. The meaning of the names of Leah and Rachel, and we see that this was a reflection of what was going on in their lives. And sometimes names can tell you a lot about what's going on in a person's life from that name. And from the name, or the names that Moses, Moses had two children. Did did, did everybody know that? Moses had two children. Maybe somebody said, I didn't even know Moses was married. No, but he was, and he had two children. And this is where we start with the meaning of the name of the first son that Moses had, which is what we just read about, he named him Gershom. Now, our challenge here is to understand why did Moses name his first son Gershom, which means stranger. You know, we start off, first of all, start off and you look back on the birth of Moses himself. And this is recorded for us in Exodus 2.1. And Exodus 2.1 explains that there went out a man of the house of Levi, and he took a wife uh, took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags of the river's brink. Now, you read about that. This is how Moses starts his life. I mean, every baby after all, should have a home of love and protection and security where the baby will be cared for. It's not to be in danger. Babies should not be in danger. But this was not the case with Moses. Moses had the misfortune of being born into a Jewish home that had the order from the king on it that every Jewish male baby was to be killed by being cast into the River Nile. No baby should have been hid. Babies should be free to play. Babies should be free to cry and to live. But it was like Moses was born in a hiding cellar like with Anne Frank during the Nazis. While the Nazis were searching for Jews to kill, the Egyptians were searching for male babies to kill. So from birth, Moses has the sentence of death on him as a baby, on his forehead, because he was a Jewish baby boy and it was ordered that he should be killed. So he's hid. And whenever baby Moses would make a noise, we can imagine the mother would quickly put her, her hand over his mouth to keep him from being detected. And this finally reached a point where the mother couldn't do it any longer. And so she makes an ark from the reeds that are growing around the river there. And she lays her baby Moses in the ark and sets it in the river. And as his mother thought that maybe Moses has got a better chance of surviving in the River Nile than in my home. And that was the point of desperation that Moses' mother had come to. Left by itself, that ark would have been a deathbed For for Moses, for baby Moses, he would have died from a number of ways. He would have died from hunger, or he would have died by drowning as the uh, little ark got swamped with water, or he would have died most likely by having been found by an Egyptian, say, here, and thrown into the river Nile to to obey the king. Or he could have been eaten by the the crocodiles of the Nile. Uh, Apart from those dangers, he was very safe. But Moses was saved. Moses was saved as a baby. Moses was saved when he was absolutely helpless as a baby, and he could do nothing to save himself. And this is is what the Lord Jesus described about himself when he was on the cross. Who knows, but that the Lord Jesus was thinking back on the helplessness of the baby Moses and how God saved him as the Lord Jesus was on the cross and he was thinking about his own helplessness as a baby when he said in Psalm 22:9. Psalm 22:9. when he said to God, Thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. So looking back on what happened to him as a baby, Moses felt he was a stranger. He was a stranger. He was a stranger even to his own home. He was abandoned by his mother, his family, and his people, essentially, abandoned him there on that ark. And that's kind of like Jewish believers are, like me. For example, in Psalm 2710, oftentimes Jewish believers will experience an abandonment. And that's why Psalm 2710 is so valuable when it says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. As in my case, my father and mother, it was, first my father was the most rejecting of me. They will, they will forsake either because of faith in the Lord Jesus or, doesn't have to even be like that, not even Jewish people, all people, or there's forsaking because of death. Christian was just talking about those fathers who may have passed away, or our spouse, my case, my wife. It's a forsaking. Whatever the reason is, the promise is precious that the Lord's there to take up. So the word take up is so precious because it's the word asaf, aseph And it means to gather, to gather together. Like a shepherd gathers the sheep. And this was, for example, where the word is used in Genesis 20, nine seven. Genesis 29.7, when Jacob was speaking, and he said, he said, Lo, it's high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Asaph, water ye the sheep. Asaph is also used to describe when people are gathered together for a big feast, as in Genesis 29.22, when Laban had a big feast, and it says Laban gathered together all the men of the place, and made a feast. But maybe the most precious use of this word aseph, it is used to describe what happens to a believer when he passes away and is gathered. It says that about Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all at their passing, this word was used. Genesis 25, 8, Genesis 25, 8. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man, full of years, and was gathered to his people, Aseph. And then Isaac, in Genesis 35, 29, Genesis 35, 29, Isaac gave up the ghost and died, and was gathered unto his people, Aseph, being old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. And then finally the last patriarch, Jacob, Jacob in Genesis 49, 33, 49, 33, when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet and he yielded up the ghost and was gathered aseph unto his people. Aaron dies in Numbers 20 26. Numbers 20 26. And the command is given strip Aaron of his garments, put them on Eleazar his son. Aaron shall be gathered aseph unto his people and shall die there. And then finally, Moses himself. In Deuteronomy 32.50, Deuteronomy 32.50, when God told Moses, die in the mount, whither thou goest up, and be gathered aseph unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hur, and was gathered aseph unto his pe- people. Very important word for God. Speaking of believers, very important word for, God, for us to be gathered together with the people of God. So Moses Looking back on his life as a baby, he saw that he was cast out of his family's home. and So he was a stranger even in the home of his birth. And this is the part also in Moses' mind that he had in mind as he named his firstborn son Stranger, Gershom. And as he thought, from my own home I've been a stranger and I was expelled into an ark in the river, I was a stranger in my own home that I was born into, and he thinks of himself that way, and that's why he names the son Gershom. So the next stage that happened in Moses' life is recorded for us in, in verse two, Exodus 2, 2, 4, sorry, Exodus 2, verse 4, where he's there in the ark, and it says, his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And lo, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And said said his sister, Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give you thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it and the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Pharaoh's daughter's son. And she called his name Moses and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Moses now is the son of the daughter of Pharaoh and therefore Moses had now the very best care, the very best upbringing, the very best education. The the tradition among the Jews is that this pharaoh had no sons, but this daughter and this daughter had no children. So Moses, being the adopted son of this daughter, was slated to become the next pharaoh. He was the prince. But it says here, In Acts 7.21, when Stephen is commenting on this before he died, in Acts 7.21, Stephen said about Moses, when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. So here was Moses now, no longer the son of a Jewish mother, But now Moses was, Exodus 2.10, child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She was now, he was now the son of an Egyptian who was Pharaoh's daughter. Moses was not named by his Jewish mother. Moses was named by his Egyptian mother. Moses was not even given a Hebrew name Moses, which was the language of the Jewish people, obviously. But Moses was given an Egyptian name, which was the name, which was the language, obviously, of the Egyptians. And that's very significant when it says in verse 2, in Exodus 2, 10. Sorry, 10, verse 10, 10. When it says in Exodus 2:10, it says, she called his name Moses, Pharaoh's daughter. Named him from the Egyptian language, meaning drawn out of water. And uh, I mean, that's something to think about. I mean, we're not talking about just anybody in Jewish history. We're talking about Moses, the Moses. The Jews oftentimes speak about him as Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher. Moses our teacher had a non Jewish name, Oive. <laughs> An Egyptian name, how can this be? (laughs) And just think of what it would be like if Moses was your name. Just picture yourself as if you were Moses. You had this name Moses. How would you feel every time you heard someone call your name or said your name? Oh, Moses, Moses, Moses. And you had to say, yeah, my name is Moses. And just put the meaning into that word. Take it back to the Egyptian language. And say, "Drawn out of water," and every time you heard your name, you would hear someone say, "Oh, drawn out of water, drawn out of water." Yes, my name is drawn out of water. I mean, how would that make you feel? I mean, you would feel that you were in great danger, and you were drawn out of water. Well, and that's not bad for us. I mean, we should so we should all have the name Moses. We should also see ourselves as having been drawn out of the danger of water from our sins. which should remind us of the great danger that we were in. It would be good for us to have that name. We remember how we were saved from our sins. But we can imagine how all through Moses' life he said to himself, why do I have an Egyptian name? I'm not an Egyptian. I should have a Jewish name. You may remember them when we do the Hanukkah, is that there is that ninth candle, which is called the shamash, you know, which is, means the servant candle, and it lights the other ones. Well, my mother named me Thomas, which is not a Jewish name. And I used to say to my father, why don't I have a Jewish name? And my father would say to me, you do. You are Thomas the shamash. <laughs> but there are many people that are Jewish that don't have Jewish names. Uh, Andrew is not a Jewish name. He was the brother of Peter. The brother of Peter, Peter was Jewish, no question about that. And his brother Andrew was Jewish, no question about that. But his brother's name was Andrew, and that's not a Jewish name. But that's the who he was. And uh, many people think that, well, because he didn't have a Jewish name, he wasn't Jewish. That's not true. Many people say, Luke, Luke is not a Jewish name. It's not. And so he must not be Jewish And his profession, a doctor, who's ever heard of a Jewish doctor? (laughs) Anyway, so every time Moses would hear his name, he would think to himself, I'm Jewish, I have an Egyptian name, I'm a stranger. I'm a stranger here in Egypt, Gershom on earth as a Jew in Egypt with an Egyptian name.